mercy of God and the story of repentance. Somebody say, story of repentance. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10, in this story we are going to see three things. The supreme guest, the call, and full repentance. Somebody say, the supreme guest, the call of God, and full repentance. So let's look at the first one, the supreme guest. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10, let's read through first. Now, this was when Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And the Bible says that, let's read together, Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Underline, he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not because of the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran. Are you ready with me? I want to hear your voice. One, two. And he ran before. No, 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 no. Listen. Let's read it. Some of you are just watching. Some of you two are just opening your mouth. Let's read it. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Oh! And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, underline Lord, someone say, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Is it a beautiful scripture? Now starting from the verse number one. So now, this story, actually the summary of it all is that Jesus Passed through Jericho. And on the way to Jericho, he saw there's a, a huge crowd, and this man called Zacchaeus wanted to heard about Jesus. And sometimes, you know, when you hear that somebody is passing, maybe a president is passing or somebody important is passing, everybody wants to have a look at him. And he couldn't. See Jesus because he was of a miniature stature. He was very small. He was short. So he had to go and climb a tree in order to be able, a sycamore tree in order to be able to see him. By the grace of God, when I went to Israel, I was able to locate that tree which he climbed. Right in the, you know, in the middle of a way, they had, you know, so it was so conspicuous. For him to see Jesus. And Jesus saw him out there. 
and he said, Zacchaeus, come down for today. I am coming to your house. And the Lord is telling somebody today, come down. I am coming to your house. My blessing is coming to your house. My joy is coming to your house. Good marriage is coming to your house. Lovely children are coming to your house. Things are going to change in your life. And then Zacchaeus, when he came down, he quickly responded to him. And then after responding to the Lord, Zacchaeus said something. That, you know, people were saying, how come that Jesus had gone to be a guest in a sinner's house? And which you are going to get into? And then Zacchaeus said, look, if I've, I've taken anything by false pretenses, I've done the wrong thing, I've taken anybody's money, I'm going to restore. And when he said that, Jesus said, this day salvation is come to your house. Amen. So now let's start with verse number one. Bible says that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now every word and every name in the Bible is very important. If the Bible could have just been recorded and Jesus passed through. But he said he passed through Jericho. Why did he mention Jericho? Because Jericho has a lot of history in the Bible. Now, in Joshua chapter 6, from verse number 1, we found out that when the people of Israel were getting the promised land, the Bible says that they, had, they needed to pass through Jericho, but Jericho had closed its gates. Now, there is always a place that you need to pass through in order to get to your promised land, but the enemy will try to close the gates. But the Bible says that when they did that, God told them the, the way to victory, and that was to go uh, around Jericho six times, one on each day, and on the seventh day they go around in seven times, and they should shout with a shout, and the wall of Jericho fell. The wall of Jericho was 40 feet wide, which was wide enough for a number of chariots to, to, walk, to drive on. And the Bible records the fact that when they shouted, the wall fell flat, and they walked on and conquered the place. Then after conquering Jericho, and I, I, I also came to tell you that today, by your praise, by your worship, and by your response and obedience to God, every Jericho wall is falling before you. Oh, did you hear me? I said, every Jericho wall is falling before you. Amen. And it's falling flat. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So that you will go ahead into your promised land. Now, in Joshua chapter 6 verse 20, the Bible says that the Jericho wall fell flat and God crashed. So, whatever is a hindrance to your life is coming down. Amen. Every shame is coming down. Amen. Every difficulty fighting your home is coming down. Anything fighting your marriage is coming down. Anything destroying your peace is coming down. In Joshua 6, 26, the Bible says that Joshua placed a curse on the city. That anybody who tried to rebuild the city, he said, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up to build. He shall lay the foundation thereof in the firstborn, and, and in his younger son shall he set up the gates. That means that when he tries to rebuild it, at the foundation, his firstborn child will die. And by the time he's finishing building the gates, his lastborn child will die. 500 years later, after Joshua had placed his curse as on Jericho, a certain man called Hael of Bethel, in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 34, he tried to rebuild the city. And he, when he tried to rebuild it, he laid the foundation, 
in, the, in Abiram his firstborn and set up the gates thereof in his younger son according to the word of the Lord. That means that the children died. Exactly. So you see that there are times that some things are happening and you may not know, but a certain curse has been released. But whatever curse has been released against your family, against your life, may the blood of Jesus erase it from you in Jesus' name. You see, I believe that this hell probably means good. That's why before you do anything, investigate and find out the mind of God. Can I have an amen? amen. Where you build, investigate. When you are going to a place, investigate, pray. And make sure that you have an okay signal from God. Because maybe this man, 500 years later, I mean, that was a long time. He didn't know probably what had happened. But a curse was hanging in the atmosphere. You see, you may be at a place, a blessing can be spoken. Uh, you may not be at a place, a blessing can be spoken. But when it's spoken and you go there, you receive the blessing. And when also a curse is spoken, it will happen on your life. So, if blessings are, uh, curses are spoken on your family, long before you were born, you will be born into the curse. And if it's a blessing also, you will be born into the blessing. But I pray that because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, any curse that was spoken against your family, may you be liberated from that. May that curse break. I said, may that curse break. And may you be free in Jesus' name. So I believe that this higher meant good. He wanted to rebuild the broken city. But guess what? When he tried to do it, I'm sure probably his firstborn son said, Oh, my something, my something, my here, maybe probably even just a headache. And he died. And then the lastborn also. The same thing, probably, oh, my neck or my stomach, my stomach. Have you heard of somebody say, My stomach, my stomach? Meanwhile, you're taking that normal stomach ache. Sometimes you have normal headache. And, and the person is gone. So you realize that's why you do not joke with things. And that is why prayer is very important. You must always seek the face of God regarding things. Can I have an amen? Okay, now, Jericho was cursed because of the word of Joshua. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 2, now remember that Joshua just didn't curse the place. God wanted the place to be cursed. So if you read the scripture carefully, it says that according to the word of the, uh, 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 Joshua, I mean, according to the word of the Lord. So Joshua spoke according to the word of the Lord. So you don't just speak presumptuously. Amen. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, it was later, it had to take Elisha, an anointed man of God, to come and negate the curse in the city. Because the Bible says that the, the people, when Elisha visited them, they said the situation of this city is pleasant. But the water is not. And the ground is barren. Their ground was barren. The ground was salty. Things were not working well because of the, of the curse. So sometimes things may not be going on well in a family because there's a curse. Things may not be going on well in your life because there's a curse. Are you getting me? And so it had to take Elisha who got into the spirit and said, bring me salt. And they went to the source of the, 
their, their water body and he put the salt over there and when he put the salt over there he healed the waters and the land got healed as well. Amen. Bible says that that's here the Lord. I have healed thee these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. And 22, the Bible says that so the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha which he spoke. So by the anointing of a man of God, a curse on your life shall be broken. And I speak as a servant of the living God, as a prophet of the Most High God, with the oil of God upon my life, that this morning as you sit here, may any care spoken against your life, may that care be broken. Any care bringing retrogression in your life, causing your life to mark time so that you cannot enjoy the blessings of the Lord, may the anointing break every yoke. And may God release you into your uncommon blessings. I pray for uncommon favor and unstoppable blessings for your life in Jesus' precious name. Anything that what your family is defeated from today. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, curses are real. Someone say curses are real. In 1812, the Native Americans fought against the Europeans who tried to come to America and during the fight, they they mercilessly killed the Native Americans. And when their king, called Tecumseh, saw how bad they were being killed or slaughtered, he placed a curse on the presidency of America. And the curse was that any president who was elected in a year with a zero or every 20 years, the president must die in office. And what he spoke began to happen. See, I want you to respect curses. In this world, there are curses. And there are blessings. And you must respect both. Amen. And that's why you don't have to do anything that attracts a curse in your life. May you attract only blessings. May you, may you do things that attract blessings. And when he spoke that curse, the first president to suffer it was President Harrison. In the year 1840. He died one month after his election by a common cold. Twenty years later, President Abraham Lincoln also died by an assassin's bullet. Somebody shot him. Later on, President Roosevelt and even President Kennedy. I'm sure you might have heard of him. The man who came with the idea of going to the moon. President Kennedy. He was also assassinated. This thing continued until 1980 when President Ronald Reagan was in power. And some Christians saw a document relating to this case and so they got into a time of fasting and prayer and they prayed against it and broke the case. 1981, President Reagan was shot in the liver but he didn't die because the case had been broken. May any curse released against your life, may its power be broken. Amen. I said, may its power be broken. Amen. And that is where the scripture of Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon 
formed against you shall prosper. It means that the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. They formed the weapon against Ronald Reagan, but he had come under God. He had come under the covering of Jehovah. The blood was covering him. So when they threw it, it still didn't work. And I came to tell somebody that under the banner of Christ, the arrows of the enemy shall not work. In Jesus' precious name, somebody shout a big amen. So still in Luke chapter 19 verse 1, the Bible says that Jericho was a great city. Hallelujah. And Jesus was passing through. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So Jesus is passing through. And Jesus is passing through your life today. In the verse number 2, the Bible says that, Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Somebody say Zacchaeus. Now Zacchaeus, the Bible says that he was a... Chief among the publicans. Some version says it was chief among, uh, it was, uh, the publican means it was a tax collector. Some version says it was a tax collector. So he was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Now, the first thing you have to know is that the, they mentioned the man by name, Zacchaeus. Someone says Zacchaeus. I want you to know that God knows you by name. We talk about the woman with the issue of blood. The madman of Gadara. God knows you by name. Tell somebody, God knows me by name. If you're a child of God, then your name has been recorded in the last book of life. Your family name has been recorded. Your business name has been recorded. That book cannot erase your name. And your life will not become a byword nor a proverb. Hallelujah. Why? Because only the counsel of the Lord will stand. Men may rise up against you, but they will not stand. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, the Jews didn't like the tax collectors because they were doing the biddings of Caesar. And they didn't want to pay tributes. They didn't want to pay taxes to... to you know, people don't like the tax man. You know. And so they didn't want to pay the tributes to them. And so they felt that these guys were apostate people who were wicked. Wicked indeed because of the fact that usually if the tax is supposed to be let's say 100 cities, they will make it 200 cities. And so they felt that the people were milking them, those who were tax collectors. But the interesting thing about Zacchaeus was that he was not just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. And they were seeing tax collectors as sinners. So it means that after Zacchaeus, he was a chief sinner. So I say chief sinner. But I, I, I came to tell somebody that, and number two, he was also rich. So we say rich. Yeah, he was rich. But Jesus went and tried to fellowship with him, which means that no matter, you see, Jesus also likes rich people. May you become rich. Yeah. Yeah? The guy was, number one, seen as a, a sinner, and Jesus went to the sinner. He was also a rich person. He went to the rich person. So, Jesus loved both the sinner and he loves the rich people as well. Hallelujah. So the Lord wants you to be rich. And may you become rich. Amen. Amen. That's why I tell John to say, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. In Deuteronomy 8:18, 8, Bible says God gives us the power to make wealth. May God give you the power to make wealth. In First Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 12, David said, Both riches and honor come from God. So not all riches are bad. Not all riches are evil. Amen. 
Sometimes when you see people who say they are rich, you say, oh, this one is a It's not everything that is a Or cocaine. People work hard. May you work hard. And may God bless the work of your hands. Bible says both riches and honor come from God. That means that it's God who, who, who God blesses. And God blesses us with riches. Hallelujah. May you receive riches. There are also wealth that can bring sorrow. First Timothy 6, 9. So may money not control you. And may money not bring you sorrow. But he said, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts. When you allow riches to, to control you, that's when you fall into temptation. You fall into a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. Why? Because the Bible says, the love of many, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. That means that the wrongful use of money, the wrongful acquisition and the wrongful use of money is the root of all evil. So may you acquire it right and may you use it right. Hallelujah. Now, it's still in Luke chapter 19, in the verse 3 and 4, the Bible says that this Zacchaeus, even though, number one, he was a chief task for letter, that means I was seen as a chief sinner, recognizing his state, he sought to see Jesus. You see, Jesus was passing and he sought to see him, who he was. He said, I've heard of this Jesus. And he could not because of the pride, that means a multitude of people. And because he was a short guy. And so the Bible says in the verse number 4, he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Hallelujah. And that takes me to my second point, that if you want to see the Lord or experience the Lord, don't let anything stop you. That's what they don't let anything stop you. Yeah. The guy was of a short stature. So he could have said that, look, I am Kapuapu. It's okay, it's okay. My friends don't like going to church. The kind of friends I have, they don't like going to church. So let me stay in their midst. Uh, I think I've been branded this way. So let me not mind. But the Bible says that he ran ahead and then climbed the tree. That means that don't let anything be a limitation to you. Don't let your friends, don't let pride, don't let money, don't let houses, don't let cars, don't let marriage, don't let anything that is supposed to be a limitation limit your life. Go above the limitation. Rise above it and climb up your sycamore tree and you will see the Lord. Can I have an amen? amen. And in the verse number 5, the Bible says that when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. That means that Jesus knows where you are. Somebody has said, Jesus knows where you are. He saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at your house. See, when the Lord sees your heart, eh, and he sees that you are seeking him, Bible says, if you seek him, you will find him. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. That's what James says. And so as you are drawing nigh unto him, he's going to draw nigh unto you. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. So today, I came to tell somebody here that Jesus is calling you. He knows you by name. And wherever you are, and in whatever state that you are in, Jesus is calling you. Tell somebody, Jesus is calling you. Amen.
Why is he calling you? Because according to Jeremiah 1.5, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. Hallelujah. And before you came out, he sanctified you and ordained you a prophet. That means that he's got his own plans for your life. And so he's calling you. Calling you to do what? Calling you so that you will live for him. Jesus said, today I am coming to your house. And I came to tell you that today the Lord wants to come into your home. He wants to come into your marriage. He wants to come into your business. He wants to join you in your finances. He wants to help you in your education. He said, today, today, today is the day of salvation for you. The Bible says in Matthew twenty-two fourteen, many are called. You are among those Jesus has called. That's what I'm among those Jesus has called. Remember that when Jesus caused the chaos, he immediately obeyed and came down. So today, as you are hearing the word of God, you must immediately respond to him. You see, delayed obedience is equal to disobedience. Right? Delayed obedience is equal to disobedience. When somebody calls you, come now, and you don't come. Do this, you don't do it. And one of the things that the Lord dislikes is failure to respond. Are you getting me? Like in the Old Testament, when Moses called Dathan, Abraham, and Korah, he said, come. He said, we won't come. We call the sin of Korah. So when your, mother, your father says, come, you say, I won't come. That's a, that's a serious thing. And for many people who go to hell and who, who come under satanic attack, the Lord has been calling them. They've been hearing the promptings of God and the voice of God, come. Come out of this lifestyle. Come out of this place. Come out of this. But you decide not to come. And when you decide not to come, or you say, let me wait for one more year. Let me wait for a few more years. Let me make a little more money. Maybe the thing that you are doing is so good. But let me go a little. Let me make it. Oh, come out. Come out from that relationship. That man who is somebody's husband. Stop. He said, oh, when I go one more time. One more time. I'm going to get a new car. He has promised me a car. I want to get the car. After the car, then I can let him go. The last one will be your death. The last one can be your destruction. The Lord is calling you. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to repent. Tomorrow may never come. Zacchaeus came down to welcome Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in John 1, 12, As many as received him, he gave them the power to become the children of God. So, when you respond to the call of God, you become a child of God. And remember that children have a right to inheritances. So, you are going to get spiritual inheritance. From today, like Zacchaeus, may you get spiritual inheritances. The beautiful thing about Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus was that immediately he encountered Jesus, he began to serve him. When you receive Christ and your salvation is genuine, immediately you want to serve him. Amen? I said, when you encounter Christ, anybody who has truly encountered Christ, I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about maybe you are not well and you are healed or maybe you got some money or something. I'm not, coming, I'm not talking about coming to church because of money. I'm not, coming to, I'm, I'm not talking about getting a husband, getting children, but encountering the Lord. Having an, a divine encounter with God, anybody who encounters the Lord, immediately he wants to serve God and he starts serving God. Hallelujah. 
In Acts chapter 9, why do I do it? I'm going to prove it to you. In Acts chapter 9 verse 6, when Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he asked him, Lord, what will you have me to do? What? Lord. So he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? You see, even when Zacchaeus encountered Jesus, he called him Lord. Now, calling him, calling Jesus Lord was a very damning thing. Why was this so? Because the, he, he, he was serving the purpose of Rome. And only Caesar was known as the Lord. So for him to call Jesus Lord, that meant Jesus had really become his Lord. And maybe you are calling somebody Lord. And maybe you are calling your money Lord. You are calling your marriage Lord. You are calling your business Lord. That means boss. But to call Jesus as Lord, that's how we call him Lord Jesus Christ. He must be your Lord. Is he your Lord? Yes. When Paul encountered him, Saul encountered on the road to Damascus, the Bible says that when he was, he was trembling and astonished, and said, Lord, what will you have me to do? So anytime anybody encounters the Lord, if you truly get born again, if you truly have an, a, a divine encounter with God, the first question is, Lord, what will you have me to do? Because you see, when you are somebody's servant, you don't do your own business. When you are somebody's servant, you always go to him and say, what do you want me to do today? If you are a cook for somebody, you always ask, Madam, what will you eat today? You don't cook what you want to cook. You, you, you are there to serve. And so the moment you give your life to Jesus, you must know that you are there to serve him. From today, may you begin to serve him. And when you serve him, the Bible says in Exodus 23, 25 and 26, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and water. May the Lord bless your bread and water. In Luke chapter 19, verse 7, the Bible says that the people criticized Jesus for going to the house of Zacchaeus. And I came to tell you that sometimes when you want to serve the Lord, people will try to criticize you. <laughs> they say, oh, you are, you are educated. Oh, you belong to this kind of high society family. You don't belong to any high society family. You are not any, we are, we are nothing. Bible says that we are like vapor. And we are grass. No, we are like grass. We are grass. And we are like a fading flower. So we actually need the Lord. Can I have an Amen. Let, let us not allow pride and other things to get into our heads. That is what takes us away from God. But may we get closer unto God. Can I have an amen? Anybody who encountered the Lord, they change. That's how they change. Yeah. Zacchaeus encountered the Lord and then he changed. He changed. Simon the leper encountered the Lord. Changed. The Pharisees who encountered the Lord in Luke seven thirty six, they changed. Mary and Martha also hosted Jesus. They changed. Now in Luke 19, 8, we're going to see the true sign of repentance. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. The true sign of Real repentance is good works. Transformation and good works. Someone say transformation and good works. Amen. Yeah. When you get an, an encounter with the Lord, you totally change. Amen. 
in John chapter 4, we'll see the story of the Samaritan. When the Samaritan encountered Jesus, in John chapter 4, the, the, the Samaritan woman encountered Jesus at the well. And then Jesus asked her, where is your husband? Then she said, I don't have a husband now. And Jesus said, you are speaking the truth. It's always very important to, to be transparent and be truthful unto the Lord. And the Lord said, yes. You have had five husbands. And the one you have, you are, only, you are even a side chick. Yeah? yeah, this is the sixth man you are with. But this sixth man is not your husband. You are a side chick. Yeah? And so she was convicted. And then the Bible says that she went to the city and told them that I have met a man. She left her bucket there. She was going to fetch water. And usually those days, their wells are, were outside of the city. She had gone there to go and fetch water and encountered Jesus. Jesus said, give me some water to drink. And meanwhile, Jesus wanted to minister to her. The Bible says, when you read the scripture carefully, you see, Jesus didn't, just didn't move around anyhow. Your movement shouldn't just be anyhow. When you start reading the scripture from John chapter 4, the Bible says, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. That means that he was passing there for a purpose. He was passing there because of this Samaritan woman that out of her life, salvation will come to the whole Samaria. And I want you to know that your movement must be governed by God so that out of your movement, many people shall be touched by the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, your language, everything. And when the woman, when this woman encountered Jesus, she went to the city and said, I have met a man. She became an evangelist. Who I have met a man who has mentioned to me my life. Whatever. And the people came there. And when they listened to her, they said, now we believe, not just because of what you said, but we have encountered him for ourselves. And because of you, may many more people encounter the Lord. I said, listen, you got saved. You came to church to know the Lord. So that through you, your family members will will come to know the Lord. I didn't have an amen. Amen. Saul the persecutor, who later became Paul, in Acts chapter 9 verse 1. When he had an encounter with God, his name changed from Saul to Paul. His direction changed. So when you encounter the Lord, things about you change. You can't stay the same. The Philippian jailer who jailed, who put Paul in stuff in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says that when they encountered the Lord, yeah, when he encountered the Lord, he asked Paul, what shall I do? And he got saved. He was preaching and he got saved. Can I have an amen? In Luke chapter 19, verse 8, we see that when you encounter the Lord, not only do you change, but you also become a liberal giver. Because Zacchaeus said, the half of my goods I give to the poor. May you become a liberal giver. May you give to the work of God. I said, may you give to the work of God. To build the house of God. And may you also minister to the poor. Amen. And there's a blessing in ministering to the poor. In Psalm 41 verse 1 to 3. He said, blessed are those who consider the poor. The Lord will deliver them in time of trouble. Hallelujah. Then the poor here, we've got the poor in spirit and the poor physically. So anytime you are giving 
You are giving both to the poor in spirit. That means those who don't know Jesus. So that they welcome. So that they can be ministered unto. And then the poor physically. And when you do that, it brings about good health and longevity of life. Every, every giving and its purpose. Can I have an amen? amen. That's not my decision for today. Maybe I probably will visit that later. Then he said something very important. He said, if I have stolen anything from anybody or have taken anybody's stuff, I am ready to make a restitution. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Hallelujah. He's talking about restitution. So what he's saying is that when you are saved, eh, when you are saved, your life must change. When you are saved and you find somebody's phone on a chair, you don't take it and say, oh, hallelujah, the Lord has blessed me. You see somebody's money drop. You just say, wow, the Lord has answered my prayer. You must find the person and give the money to the person. Amen? We see, a real Christian, a real Christian has a life of Christ in him or her. That we must change. Things you do, you do them no more. You used to do. If you are stealing, you steal no more. If you are lying, you lie no more. Because if you are stealing and you keep stealing, after speak, coming to Christ and speaking in tongues, you are lying. After the speaking in tongues, you lie. Even sometimes say, you speak in tongues so that you shall be anointed to lie. I'm going to see this person. One day, one day, someone was a pastor. He spoke to somebody and he said, when they tell me, then they ask me, I will lie. I said, how? When you lie, listen to me, when you lie, you open yourself to evil spirits to visit your life and to destroy you. Lying is not a good thing. Now, when you also lie, you go down. Eh? When you lie in the presence of somebody and the person notices you, his trust level for you goes down. But when you speak the truth, Bible says speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Truth makes you gain respect no matter what. And lying makes your life go down. From today, may you be a person who speaks the truth. No matter the consequence. Amen. That's why when you even go to a law court and then you speak the truth, sometimes they reduce your sentence. You may be sentenced, but they, 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 they know that you are a truthful person. Amen. And I believe that our, our nation can change if all of us as Christians sitting here will make a difference when we step out in speaking the truth and not stealing. When you go to the office, you will not pull the A4 sheets and put some there and the office envelopes will take some and when you are putting figures, you add some zeros and when you are supposed to be at work on time, you are supposed to be there at 8 o'clock or 7.30. You are there at 9.30 because you used two hours earlier to go and do something of yours. One of the days I asked one of our church members, he said, well, he said, I didn't go to church, I didn't go to work, I went to town to do my own thing. I said, then you don't deserve calculate the money they paid you for that day and take the money from that day and give it back to your employers because you have cheated your employers by not working and yet you want to be paid. You are not working. You want to be paid. A friend of mine said something about a certain country he went to study. And he told me in, in, uh, uh, in, in Eastern Asia. And he, he, he said that when 
he, he was schooling there. And he lost his purse with all his documents, his money, his cash, whatever. He was very troubled. When he went to see his professor and told the professor, the professor said, don't worry, you will find it. They said, you will find it. And he said, I cannot find it. He said, no, you will find it. The police will bring it. And he was surprised after some hours. Police came and said, we're looking for so, so, and so. And then they came and said, this is your purse. Somebody found it and brought it to the police station. Yes. And the police said, check it. What that, your money, everything is okay. Yes, everything is okay. And the police thanked him. The police thanked him. Ghana police will thank you. You have to thank them. You see, and the, the corruption from all of us. All of us. When you direct somebody, uh, where is that? you show the person some some beer. When you help somebody's car, the car falls into a gutter and you lift it up. You say before we lift it up, you must give us something. Yes, This is how we chop. Don't do that. When you are a Christian, great change since I met the Lord. Zacchaeus met the Lord and a great change happened to him. May we change. I said, may we change. Can I have an amen? Yeah. If God gave you a talent you are using in the house of God, don't say, I must charge. We don't charge in the house of God. I didn't have an amen. amen. Some of you won't come and sweep because you want to charge for sweeping. You won't go and clean the toilet. You won't do anything. You say, I'm a, I'm a. No, if we, we, we employ you as a full-timer, this is your full-time work, that one, you have it to be paid. But if you are doing a voluntary work for God, and can't you do a voluntary work for God? Can't you do just a little bit more? A little bit more. Someone say a little bit more. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Bible says in first, Second Corinthians 5.17 If anybody be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. According to Charles Finney, Charles Finney said something. That anybody who gives his life to Christ, the, the proof of that is that it must, his, his giving his life to Christ must be followed by good works. Somebody say, good works. And finally, I want to say that nobody who gives his life to Christ continues in sin. First John 3 verse 9. That means that you may, you may err, but you don't deliberately continue in the sin deliberately and habitually are you getting me whosoever read with me whosoever is born of god does not what commit sin for his seed god's seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of god hallelujah so you do not habitually sin you do not habitually get involved in the wrong thing and continue in it then there's you're born again, there's a suspect. Your Christianity is a suspect. You see, today, many people don't want to become Christians because when they look at us, they'll say, oh, he says he goes to church. Our, our Christianity is just in the church room. Even in the church room, you're in the church room, you're looking at your dress and somebody's dress. You are going, watching, you look at the dress. Why did he buy the, church, the dress? Is it made in China? Made in Korea? My own is Italian home. I am wearing Baroque. My own is designer. Your own is somebody made that. No, 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 no. Christians don't behave that way. And then sometimes you can see some of us, even the way we walk in. 
I will teach you. I said, why? You are a human being. Tell your friend, you are a human being. Yeah, you are a human being. Eh? In a particular mortuary, they are written there. Eh? As you are going, there's one sign. Eh? We were once like you. Eh? Then living, you will be like us. Yeah. Yeah. We were once like you. Every time, every time you go to the monastery, you must know. It should take, teach you a lesson. Anytime you go, you attend a funeral. Eh? Bible says that it's better to attend a funeral. You will learn things. And you learn to be humble. And sometimes, even to take away increased sorrow, you look at somebody who is asleep. And the way the person can open his mouth. With all their pomp and pageantry. With all their so-called beauty. And water is dripping from their mouth. Now, look at the person. Somebody shout mercy. mercy. Hallelujah. Mercy. So ladies and gentlemen, like Zacchaeus, as Zacchaeus encountered the Lord, he changed. May we also change. Amen. May we have a new life in Christ. Amen. Great change since I met the Lord. You see, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. The fact that somebody stays in a garage doesn't make him a car. And the fact that you swim in a river, doesn't make you fish. What makes you a real Christian is when you are giving your life to Jesus, encountered the Lord, and it is followed by a visible change. Today, God is calling you. Calling you so that you give your heart to Him and you have a changed life. May you have a changed life. I said, may you have a changed life. If you are saved, you don't have girlfriends, sexual girlfriends. Amen. In cutting control on the side. If you are saved, no idol worshipping. If you are saved, no profanity. Some of us, when we open our mouths, eh? and then you can do some signs. When you are a Christian, you don't do some signs. You don't look down on others. When you are a Christian, you don't drink alcohol. Amen. You used to drink alcohol, but you should stop. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are things you used to do, you should do them no more. That shows that you have really given your life to Jesus. You have encountered. Because there's nowhere in the Bible that people encounter the Lord and they continue in their lifestyle. At least if you never got any message. There's nowhere in the Bible that is recorded that when people encounter the Lord, they continue in the same lifestyle. Anytime people encounter the Lord, they changed. So if we encounter the Lord, there must be a change. Great change since I met the Lord. Great change since I met God. Great change since I met God. There's a great change since I met God. There's a great change.
Hallelujah. I remember when I got saved. I became so excited about Jesus. I would go to Carmen Krumah Circle and take the Osa bus, Omni bus, and be on the bus and be preaching all the way to Opera Square. Every moving up and down. Sometimes I'd be preaching from Circle to Tema, in and out. When my father goes to work, me to have gone to work. After I finish my chores, do everything and preach. By the time he comes back, I'm back. One day, somebody, he said, you have heard that you have been preaching in masses. He didn't know it was the beginning of a new life. I changed. Please, when you, you encounter the Lord, you will change and you have a new appetite to serve God. If you don't have appetite to work for God, then pray that Lord, give me the appetite to serve you and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Lift your hand unto God and say, Father, Father touch, my life. touch my life. Give me the appetite, me the appetite to know you, to, know you to, encounter Jesus, to encounter Jesus. Real Jesus. Real Jesus. New life in Christ. New life in Christ. I pray your presence. I pray your, presence. I pray your Holy Spirit. I pray your Holy Spirit. Touch my life. Touch my life. Don't let me leave this place the same. Don't let me leave this place the same. Say, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I want you, Lord. I want you, Lord. Come and stay in my heart. Come and stay in my heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need thee every hour. Oh, tender voice. today. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to repent. Tomorrow may never come. Bible says there's an appointment unto man. It's appointed unto man. Every man wants to die, but after that the judgment. Today, today, if you hear the word of God and the voice of God, do not harden your heart. He wants to come into your heart. May you respond to the voice of God. If you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus, for him to be the Lord and master of your life. Maybe you've been coming to church talking, but you have not really encountered him. Today, you want to encounter him. I want you to raise your right hand wherever you are. I'd like to pray with you. I want to encounter the Lord. God bless you. Lift that hand high up. In Jesus' name. You never have to feel shy when it comes to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
And I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Sending Jesus my way to die on the cross for my sake. Forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, come and save my heart. Be my Lord, my King and my Master. From today, I turn my back to sin and to wickedness. And I embrace you, Jesus. Change me. Change me. Change me. Change me. Change me. Change me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. To live for you. To live for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for these precious souls. I pray that they be planted in your heart. Let them flourish in your cause. Let them grow in you. Let your message appeal upon their lives. In the precious name of Jesus. You are believing God for healing or a miracle. Put your hand wherever you are sick. Believe in God for a miracle. Put your hand on your head. I want to pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. You want the touch of the Lord. Father, I pray your healing grace to touch every soul here. Amen. Touch every heart. Touch every lung. Amen. Touch every mouth. Touch every nerve and tendon and ligament. I pray the supernatural to overshadow your people Amen. from the crown of the head. Satan, yes, Lord. take your hand off their lives now. Amen. I command wombs to be healed. Stomachs to be made whole. Jesus. I pray backs. Back bones be healed. Amen. Muscles be made whole. Amen. I pray the influence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Over your life. Jesus. The Lord touch your life. Yes. Touch your home. Yes. Touch your business. Amen. He give you a new song and a testimony. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. I pray for financial doors. Yes. Business doors. Amen. Honor and favor Amen. to come upon you Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.